I had the opportunity to to uh, attend a luncheon at the invitation of one of our members, Kristen Todd, at USC, in which they talked about the issue of homelessness in Los Angeles. And I learned that there are nearly 59,000 people on our streets, and there was a panel of people who discussed the challenges of trying to meet the needs of this population of people. It is always so encouraging to me as the pastor of the San Marino Community Church when I see that members of our church are heavily involved in the community. At the heart of the Reformed tradition is the belief that this world is the theater of God's activity, and we're called to be part of that redemption. So it's with with great uh, honor and encouragement that uh, I invite one of our members, Lisa Sloan, who is the chair of the board for the Union Rescue Mission. She's just begun her duties as of January with that organization to share a little bit about her faith journey and her involvement. So let's welcome Lisa Sloan. Lisa. Thank you, friends. Um, in addition to introducing my friend, Reverend Andy Bales today, uh, Jeff and Jessica uh, wanted me to speak just briefly about um, how being involved in Union Rescue Mission has enhanced my faith journey. Um, I became aware of Union Rescue Mission on Skid Row in Los Angeles and its satellite campus in Silmar, Hope Gardens Family Center, about 12 years ago. The first time I drove down to Union Rescue Mission for a tour, it was beyond eye-opening. Outside the mission, there are tents upon tents, sirens blaring, drug deals going down. Honestly, I think some refugee camps have better living conditions than the streets of Skid Row. But then I saw the image that stayed with me, a mother with a baby and a snuggly on her chest, pushing a stroller with an older child. She was thankfully walking into Union Rescue Mission, a place where she could find shelter, food, and safety for her children. This image was a real gut punch for me. How can any mother and child be out on these streets? And so I prayed to God for guidance. And as I looked for answers, I turned to my Bible. And over the years, these verses have uh, been helpful to me. Deuteronomy 15. There will always be poor people in the land, so I'm commanding you to give freely to those who are poor and needy in your land. Open your hands to them. Psalm 82. Give justice to the weak and the fatherless. Maintain the right of the afflicted and the destitute. And most recently, I came upon Isaiah 6. When I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send and who will go for us? And I said, Here I am. Send me. So it came down to... If God was putting this in my path, and I couldn't stop thinking about it, then call it what you want, intuition, or as I like to think of it, the Holy Spirit. And the fact that I have two hands, a somewhat healthy brain, a growing faith, then why not send me? So I began volunteering a bit at URM, and about five years ago, I joined the board of directors. On January 1st, I became the chairman of the board. It fills my cup every day. And I have been blessed to work alongside URM's remarkable CEO, Andy Bales. 
Andy started out his work with the homeless back in Iowa during the mid-80s while he was a youth pastor. Over the last 35 years, Andy has gone on to lead four nonprofits addressing homelessness in Des Moines, Iowa, Iowa, Pasadena, and now Union Rescue Mission in Los Angeles. Under Andy's leadership at URM, he has overseen the establishment of URM's first satellite campus in Silmar, California, Hope Gardens Family Center, where moms, kids, and senior ladies have a safe place to repair their lives. And just this past Friday, um, Andy and I both grabbed some golden shovels and broke ground on URM's second satellite property in South LA County, where URM will be building a campus to house up to 374 people made up of moms, dads, and kids. Andy has played a significant role in addressing hospital dumping of patients, regionalizing services, and influencing Los Angeles to take urgent action to address homelessness. When Andy lost his right leg to a flesh-eating disease present on Skid Row, the LA City Council declared a shelter emergency. Andy has been vocal, a vocal advocate for those experiencing homelessness in both local and national media. The White House and HUD recently heard Dr. Drew Pinsky and Andy Bales call for a FEMA-like response to LA's crisis of homelessness and came from Washington, D.C. to speak with Andy and to visit URM and Skid Row. And if that wasn't enough to keep Andy Bales busy, Andy and his wife Bonnie have six children, seven grandchildren, and hold on to your hats, they have helped parent 25 foster children throughout the years. It is my pleasure to please welcome the Reverend Andy Bales. All right, I, uh, I set this up to make you keep attention as to whether I'm going to stay up or not during my talk and hold your attention, but uh, thank you, Lisa, for wonderful uh, sharing and introduction. Uh, hope I can live up to it, uh, not only today, but the rest of my days. Well, I was going to share with you about your sister state or region, uh, San Marino in, in Italy, because um, it was established by Bishop Marinus and some Christians in the 5th century. Uh, they were Christians who uh, escaped persecution, created a, a community of believers, and still to this day, uh, San Marino is, uh, in Italy is very independent. It was independent through... World War II, it was independent even as Napoleon attacked. Uh, they have no unemployment in San Marino, Italy. They have free medical care. They have free health care. I, I was going to uh, implore you to replicate that, but I decided I'm going to ask you to do more, <laughs> if that's all right. I'm going to blame Tim and Lisa for this, even though they're not completely to blame. They are the reason Hope Gardens Family Center opened up when we were facing insurmountable odds with neighbors and uh, the county supervisor at the time. Uh, but that's a whole other story. But I will say they, uh, they were used by God to, to make Hope Gardens Family Center happen. And the reason I'm blaming Tim is when we, when we broke ground Friday uh, and, and we had like 40 golden shovels out, 
And I got up and I said, you know, someday I hope to see Union Rescue Mission downtown, north, south, east, and west. This place is south. Hope Gardens is north, but I want to see east and west. And later on, at the end of the day, Lisa didn't know this. Tim came up to me and said, you're going to see east and west in your lifetime, Andy, um, which gave me great hope uh, that we are going to address homelessness in a way never seen before. But, but honestly, um, I, I made the mistake of going to a movie last night, Call, Call of the Wild. I, I highly recommend it. I don't know if I recommend me going to movies. The last time I got inspired by a movie, it was National Treasure. And if you remember, at the end of National Treasure, it said, um, he who has the power, he or she who has the power uh, and knows what to do and doesn't do it, for them it is wrong, it is sin. So I left that movie and ran for city council of Pasadena to stand up for people who were homeless on the streets. My church put me on a paid leave of absence to corral my passion, lost my job, unemployed in my front yard, but the chairman, the good, good news is, the chairman of the Board of Union Rescue Mission came and asked me if I wanted to be the CEO, president and CEO of the largest rescue mission in, in the United States, and I, I said yes. But there, were, there was a lot of turmoil and licking of my wounds in between. So movies are dangerous for me. <laughs> and... Um, Here's, here's what I said at the end of that movie. I'll, I'll cut to the chase here and uh, share with you what I posted last night and you're going to hear. Uh, sorry, I had it it's right up on my... I had it right up on there. Come on. And it disappeared. Here it is. It has already begun, but God assured me today at the movies in a still small voice in a quiet moment that after tomorrow, Los Angeles will begin becoming a city of angels who will no longer allow precious human beings made in his image to suffer and die on our streets without shelter. So I'm expecting a lot of you today. <laughs> But I know URM uh, and our city and God can do this. Let me read you a little bit about what rescue missions are. This is my buddy Ray Baki. I'm sure my friend Phil knows Ray Baki well. He's an urban missiologist, an expert on missions, urban missions. Rescue missions start with rescue, pulling people to safety from adverse conditions, redemption, and presenting people with the gospel, which is about life transformation in Jesus, he said. A rescue mission is unashamedly a Christian faith-based organization that is all about transformation of lives, which we have 100 years for URM. It's 128 years of experience of seeing that happen and have lasting effects. They're also about rehabilitation, breaking the bonds of addiction and desperate behavior and reassimilation, preparing people to dwell in community and assume roles in societies. He goes on to write, in Los Angeles, for example, Bales and the Union Rescue Mission brought attention to the practice of hospitals, middle of the night, dumping of patients in front of the mission when insurance or other monies were not available to cover the costs. The rescue mission there has become a kind of conscience for the rest of the city, he said. That's really what Union Rescue Mission is. It's, 
It's the conscious, the lighthouse of God's truth. And how in the world could we tolerate leaving human beings on our streets? Not until Lisa took uh, really uh, or came on our board did we become a place we never turn away a woman or a child who comes through our door. We never turn away a family who comes to our door. We really never turn away a man. But we emphasize the fact that how could we ever turn away a woman or a child from our front door with all the dangers that they face on the streets? And when we started talking about that, Lisa said, Amen. We will never, ever leave a woman or a child on the streets. That has meant packed gyms, packed rooms, overflow, lots of stress, challenges, but how marvelous is it to work at a place that never leaves a woman on the streets and the dangers on the streets? Lisa covered most of uh, the big things we've done, but let me say we've been on a bit of a roll lately. We, uh, and I'll modify that a little bit uh, when I'm done, but we added a sprung structure in our back parking lot for 120 ladies, 120 more ladies to escape our streets. The gangs got really mad at me. They started attacking me and had their activists on social media attack me, and I couldn't figure out why are the gangs so mad. And one of my buddies who's homeless said, Andy, do you realize what you guys have done? You've just taken 120 ladies out of their gang economy, and, and they can no longer pray on those women, and we have them now safe 24-7, 365 in comprehensive care. That was a big deal. We're adding 15 units at Hope Gardens so for 15 more families to find their way uh, back to a productive life. We just broke ground on the 86-family satellite. Um, finally, our nation has hurt us, our county has hurt us, our city has hurt us with a FEMA-like cry uh, that this is a FEMA-like disaster that needs immediate response. The governor is using FEMA trailers throughout the state. The White House has uh, talked to me several times in the last few weeks. They're going to come and give faith-based groups like Union Rescue Mission federal land to address homelessness while working also with our city and our county. Um, the mayor has learned from our sprung structure. He was, he, we brought the Urban Land Institute to Los Angeles. They showed our sprung structure, uh, 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 easily put up, quick, uh, quickly produced microfiber structure that can last 30 years, and they used that as an example. If you would put 60 of these up, four in each district of the city, you could get 13,000 people immediately off our streets. They were, the city and county were reluctant to do that. They began with one in each district, which wasn't what was called for. But as, as it continued and the pressure from neighbors continued, our mayor now is putting up 29 and has plans for 88, which will immediately get 20,000 people off the streets. So lots of good things are happening. But uh, let me get you to uh, my story, and that's where the scripture comes in. I, um, I realized yesterday while sitting at the movies that I was sent here 
by God to address homelessness in L.A. And I'll tell you more about why it's a personal call for me. But how in the world could a weak guy like me come to L.A. and make sure that we get every human being off our streets? Well, that says a lot about God, not much about me, but it says a lot about God. A broken guy like me making a difference in L.A. And it took me finding Union Rescue Mission, a lighthouse in in the conscience of L.A. When I was a school teacher, hardest job I've ever had. How many school teachers are out there? Any school teachers? The chosen, the few, right? My second year teaching school, uh, I I found out why uh, kids get the summers off. That's for teachers to recuperate. (laughs) I, I didn't recuperate until about November of the next year. And, uh, but I was teaching school, and a youngster in my class was being made fun of, picked on, bullied. This was a Christian classroom. I said, knock it off. You can't treat somebody like that in this classroom. But I went home that night, and I studied Scripture and found, what, what can I share with the kids to change their attitudes and make them care about, you know, if a, if a youngster can't find love in this Christian classroom, where in this tough world can they find it? So I turned to Matthew 25. It's in your bulletin. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then then he will sit on the throne of his glory. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will put the sheep on his right and the goats at the left. Then the king will say to those at his right hand, Come, you that are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you took me care of me. I was in prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when was it that we saw you hungry and gave you food, or thirsty and gave you something to drink? And when was it that you were a stranger and welcomed you, or naked and gave you clothing? And when was it that you were sick or in prison, and we visited you? And the king, Jesus, will answer them, Truly I say unto you that as you did it to one of the least of these, my brethren, you did it unto me. I went back to school. I shared that with the kids. I told them that, that if the way they treat another human being is the way that they treat God himself. If they meet a hungry person and feed them, it's like feeding Jesus himself. If they turn their back on a hungry person, It's like turning their back on Jesus himself. Theologians say I stretched it, but I said I believe that if you say a hurting word to an already hurting person, it's like saying a hurting word to Jesus himself. I I just ask you real quick, what's the worst thing that anybody could do to a parent here? What's the worst thing that anybody could do to you as a parent? Hurt your child, mistreat your child. When we mistreat a fellow human being, we're, we're mistreating a child of God. I really let the kids have it. I don't have time to share everything with you, but uh, I locked the door. They had me for an hour. I had them for an hour. I let them have it. At the end of the day, I went home and told my wife, I know those kids' attitudes changed. You know, I, 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 was, I preached so good I should have taken notes on myself. It was, <laughs> it was so good. And... I knew their hearts had changed. That was Friday. I preached the message six times. So the kids all heard it once. I heard it six times. 
That weekend, I worked 38 hours at a parking ramp, the downtown parking ramp, seven, seven uh, levels, and I'm the guy sitting there taking your ticket and your money, not working very hard on a Sunday afternoon, watching NFL football on a mini screen, snow on the ground, Des Moines, Iowa. And uh, I'm sitting there with a sandwich, getting ready to eat my, my dinner, and I heard this knock on my window, and I looked up, and here's this bearded man missing his teeth, long, dirty coat, a bag of soda pop cans slung over his shoulder, and he was staring at my sandwich. And I knew what he was going to ask. He said, sir, can I have your sandwich? And of course, after preaching that message about how important it is to feed somebody who's hungry, what did I say? I said, I'm sorry, sir, but I need my sandwich. His face drooped with disappointment. He disappeared into the darkness and uh, felt like a hammer hit me in the head and said, Andy, you preached this on Friday to the kids, and when you had a chance, you you missed your chance. And I want to honestly tell you that before that day, I used to look through people who were homeless. If somebody was digging out of a dumpster, I would look at them and through them and not feel an iota of, of empathy or pain. But after that moment, when God touched my heart, I've been completely changed. I am haunted by the thought of one human being. Part of the reason they put me on paid leave of absence at, uh, in, in my church in Pasadena was they thought I was mentally ill and my passion for people who were homeless. I said, if, if I am, I want to be more that way. But after that day uh, of uh, turning away that man, I found him on the streets and fed him dinner later. And my missions pastor came up to me. Watch out for missions pastor at your church. Came up to me and said, Andy, there's a job opening down at the local mission, and I think you should apply. And I went, and I saw what was happening I saw it as a chance to practice what I preached. I went in, and the food was good. The men were sober. The place was clean. And I saw it as a chance to practice what I preached. And I've been trying to practice what I preached the last 35 years. And God is just driving home to me, like he did last night, uh, the importance of even being more fanatical about this work. We are at a we are in a crisis time in our city and it's time for all of us to step up and meet the need of our brothers and sisters who are being destroyed, devastated by the streets. Uh, it was only maybe three weeks ago I called out all the cartels that are flooding Skid Row with cheap meth and working through our local gangs to kill and destroy their own brothers and sisters and I called them all out. Who, who has a chairperson of the board that allows you to speak freely? Like I get to take on, the, I take on the governor, I take on the city, I take on the county, I called out the president, and the president showed up with uh, FEMA-like statements. We'll see if we show up with FEMA-like approach. But I have that freedom to speak up for right uh, in, a, in just... Uh, the, the job of my lifetime, the job of, of my dreams. Well, now let me make it personal because this is what struck me during the movie. As I was watching The Call of the Wild, God took me back 
to my dad who experienced homelessness and was devastated by homelessness from the age of four to 17. He lived in garages in Compton. He lived in sheds in, in Baldwin Park. He lived in a tent in Azusa Canyon. And in his last week of uh, living, all he could talk to me about was the shame and devastation of being that homeless kid that would walk 15 miles from Crystal Lake and Azusa Canyon all the way to West Covina High School and get made fun of at school as the shelter kid. That, that memory hit me yesterday, and it, and it hit me that we cannot be a city where we are allowing our kids, our, our most precious resource, to be destroyed by homelessness. And I, and I was reminded that my dad's family, my grandparents, were the, I'm trying to say this politely, they were the most struggling of the struggling people we serve. Their home was filled with alcohol and violence. My uh, grandma left my grandpa at, at nine, uh, married another man, but would come home once in a while. And my dad said after she came home, the house was full of blood from them battling each other in the violence. My dad came home from a Boy Scout camp one week and nobody was home, so he had to stay with some friends. He stayed with friends and he saw that life could be normal and he said, the rest of my life is going to be normal and not like my family. And that's the reason I was born into a somewhat normal home. But there are kids suffering like that, like my dad did. They're suffering right now. And Union Rescue Mission is going to step up and do Union Rescue Mission downtown, north, south, east, and west, and focus on kids and families. And I want to ask you to step up with us. I've got a list of requests for you here. My buddy, Carrie Morrison, is, she's visited Trieste, uh, Italy. She wants to replicate Trieste, Italy, where they have no mentally ill people on the streets because they go out and buy these big houses and they assist people in houses and love and care and hospitality. And she needs somebody to step up with her in Hollywood for the pilot program. And the county's behind it too, but Carrie wants private money so it doesn't get uh, faith taken out of it. And uh, I told her we'd be mentioning her today and praying for her today. But her plan is to step up in Hollywood to help every mentally ill person off the streets. There's a group suing and demanding that our county and city immediately get 20,000 people off the streets. At the same time, the mayor is wanting to step up with 88 sprung structures that will get 20,000 people off the streets. How about we get... We, we uh, work together to use our influence and resources to get those two groups together and immediately get 20,000 people off the streets. Catherine Barger, a great friend of Hope Gardens and a great friend of the Sloans, and probably many of you, has a plan to get mentally ill people off the streets of Los Angeles to set up conservatorships to help people who are um, 
have, have gone too far to make the right decision to save themselves, and we need to intervene. I want you to join us, Lisa and URM, to step up like never before and make this a city that does not leave precious human beings on the streets. It's very interesting, two weeks ago, our mayor was not going to come to the LA Mayor's Prayer Breakfast, but then I was on NBC talking about our mayor and how much I love and appreciate him and how numbers don't lie. And he happened to call us that Friday and say, I'm coming to the Mayor's Prayer Breakfast. That same day, Greg Laurie called and said, Andy, uh, I want you to be on my executive committee for the crusade I'm going to have at the new LA Rams stadium. That same Friday, the YMCA called me. I thought they'd never call me again because at their last board meeting, I called them back to their roots where they launched the Union Rescue Mission at the YMCA, and they took young men off the, off the streets and shared the gospel with them back in their foundational days, and I called them back to their roots. Very, um, like, I didn't even recognize who, who was up on stage anymore after I did that. And a Jewish man followed me down the hall. And he said, I'm Jewish, but when you were up there, I didn't hear you. I heard God. And then I never heard from them for another year. And I thought, boy, I'll never hear from them again. That same Friday, they called me, and they said, will you speak at our Good Friday service on April 10th? And I'm thinking, you know, with all the churches in L.A., perhaps with the Y, perhaps with a Greg Laurie campaign, and revival, we could get all of us together to not only have a revival of our souls, but a revival of our community and social services. I did it 35 years ago for Luis Palau in Des Moines, Iowa, and a 120-church coalition grew out of it and virtually ended family homelessness in Des Moines. And I know this isn't Des Moines, but there are more resources and more churches here than, than there ever was in Des Moines. And you, you may think, Andy, you're, you're crazy if you think you can do that. But I want to share what my friend told me this morning. And let me tell you quickly, this will finish. This is, this is my friend in Des Moines. Let me tell you about my friend in Des Moines. So I pulled up. We used to go out Saturday nights after, that, after seeing that man at the parking ramp. I went out looking for him every Saturday night, and I fed over a thousand people every Saturday night in the, in the streets of Des Moines and under the bridges and in abandoned buildings. And we pulled up on a young lady that I could have gone to high school with. She was selling herself on the streets in the worst part of town, crack infested, poor, hungry area of town. She was selling herself on the streets. And I walked up to her and said, you're too beautiful of a create creature to be doing this to yourself. She said, well, help me get off the streets. And I gave her my card, and I said, she said, if you'll, if you'll pay my rent for two weeks and give me a box of food, I'll get off the streets. I grabbed a buddy to be safe, and we went and visited her when she called. We paid two weeks of rent, $25 a week, 50 bucks, and we gave her a, a box of food, and I didn't hear from her again. Well, six months later, I went into church, my church lobby. I was walking across the lobby, and this beautiful young lady walks over in a blue dress and said, Andy? And I went, Susan? 
She said, Andy, I haven't, I, I got off the streets. I got a job. I've been coming to church for six months. I've given my, my, my life to the Lord, and, and uh, my life has changed. Thank you. Well, here it is 35 years later, and she's a Facebook friend. She's a mom and a grandma. And she wrote me, uh, when she read my post last night, she said, Andy, I've been waiting for this. And I so believe every morning and every night I pray for God's mercy on the city of Los Angeles and the homeless, the forgotten. Thank you, God. Thank you, Andy Bales. And that's my buddy, Susan, who turned her life completely around, who God turned around and transformed her life. And I want to ask you to join me. What could we as maybe this church being an influencer, an instigator, a networker, a connector, to bring all the churches in Los Angeles together to join and push our city and our county to step up and make a, make a commitment to, not, to be the city of angels that lives up to not leaving one precious human being on our streets. Thank you. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I... Thank you for this morning. I thank you for each of those who got up this morning and took the time to come and worship you. And Lord, we're here to worship you not only through our songs and through listening to your word, but also with our lives and with our actions and with our hands and feet. And we know, Lord, uh, all we have to do is be obedient. You will work the miracles. We've seen it time after time your miracles. And Lord, our request this morning is to do a, yet another miracle. Make, make the dreams of Carrie Morrison not to leave one person struggling with mental health on the streets. Meet the prayers of Lisa to, to not leave one child, not one child on the streets struggling like my dad did years ago. And Lord, use us to do your work May after it all, all happens that, that you get all the credit, Lord, because you deserve all the credit. We thank you and we love you. In Jesus' name, amen.